So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So evidently, the power of God can be contained and transferred into cloths. And as those claws are placed upon the sick, cancers must be removed. Sickness and disease must go. Because of the glory and the divine flow. And if there are evil spirits present there, now we know that not all sickness and disease is a direct result of the presence of an evil spirit. But we do know that sickness and disease comes from the pit. But if there are evil spirits there, evil spirits will have to go. Evil spirits that bring mental torment will have to flee. They will have to run as in terror because they recognize the Creator. Because they recognize the authority that is in the name and the authority that is in the anointing. And so, they must go. And surely, they must flee. For the same Father that anointed the Master with Holy Ghost power and anointed Him with the Spirit and with the power and with the Spirit of power, the Master went about doing good. And He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. For the oppression comes from the enemy, but the freedom comes from the Father of lights. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing. You see, healing is good. If you want to be like Jesus, go about doing good. There is healing in your hands. There is an anointing deposited on the inside of every born again believer. For you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know what you need to know. You have an unction from the Holy One. He that anointed you and establishes you is God. And so the anointing abides within. But it is not just within to stay within. The anointing is to be released through you. And so even as he was anointed, you're anointed. By the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he has anointed you. You are anointed in him. And I would remind you what the master has said. He said, go now into all the world and preach the gospel. For he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Them that believe that they're anointed. Them that believed. Glory to God that the head of the church has sent them. Them that believe in His name. 
Are there any believers in this house tonight that believe they're anointed and that believe in His name, the name above every name? Oh, ho, ho. Mm, that believe in my name. For in my name, the believing ones shall have signs accompanying them. Don't think it unusual that signs will follow you in this day, in this hour. Think it unusual when they're not. For as fish were created to swim and birds created to fly, my people in this day, in this hour, are created to perform creative miracles, to lay hands upon the sick and see signs and wonders flow through them. For the benefit of those so in need. Make sure then, when the reports come, that you give Him all the glory. Yea, sanctify the Lord thy God in your midst. And be not conscious of man, but be conscious of Him. And so shall there come an increase and increase and more and more shall be entrusted unto you. And greater works than these shall you see. Ooh, glory. In my name, believers shall cast out devils. In my name, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you drink any deadly thing, it ain't going to hurt you. For no weapon that is formed against the believing ones is going to prosper because they have a shield of grace and a shield of glory and a shield of anointing to protect them. There's healing in your hands. There's healing in my hands. But it is not just for the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. It is for them, but it is also for those that believe. So do not separate yourself and underestimate what God is and who God is in you and through you. For He will use every vessel. So be willing. Now go over to Mark chapter 4. Miracles in our hands. Healings in our hands. Mm. Hey, thank you, Lord. Man, this is so refreshing, ladies and gentlemen, just to come in the presence of the Lord and worship God for about 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Come with a book full of notes and then the Lord just drops something right in your heart. Oh, thank you, Lord. God's good to all of us. Thank you, Lord. We only want what He wants. We only want to say what He would say. We only want to do what He would do. And the closer you get to Him, and the more access you give Him in your life, the spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing will come upon you. And you'll know what to do. You'll know what to say, and I will speak through you and use even you. Amen. Now look at Mark chapter 4. 
Mark, the fourth chapter. I just think it's very interesting that in the Word of God, sometimes evil spirits were addressed and they came out. They were addressed in the name of Jesus and evil spirits had to flee. But other times they weren't addressed verbally. They were addressed by the power. They were addressed by the anointing. Now notice this. Mark chapter 4. Hmm. 23 and 24. And Jesus went about all Galilee. He taught in their synagogues. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. And he healed all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people and those that were taken with divers diseases. And notice this, torments. Is torment a disease? If you look at the word dis-ease, what that word means, not at ease. So a person that is tormented is not at ease. So in one respect, we could say that that is a disease. Food for thought. His fame went all through Syria. They brought him with sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments. Those that were possessed with devils and those that were lunatic and those that had the palsy. And what did he do? What did he do? He healed them. Every one of them. The palsy, the lunatic, the tormented, the blind, the dumb. He healed them. All of them. How did he heal them? He healed them by the anointing. And that anointing had to have been so strong that it just flowed like a river. And it went into those that were diseased and they were set free. So beloved, don't think it's strange. In your walk with God, that as he begins to use you, hallelujah, miracles start happening. And healings take place. And those that were in their wrong mind are set free and brought into their right mind. Can it happen? Do we serve a God with whom all things are possible? Now understand this, dear friend. He has not asked you to heal anybody. He has asked you to simply believe. He has asked you to be a vessel of healing for Him to flow through you so that He can heal them through you. That's right. Hallelujah. There's a miracle in your hands. The next thing that the Lord wants me to say is this. There's a miracle in your mouth. Say it with me. There's a miracle in my hands. There are miracles in my hands. And there are miracles in my mouth. Ooh, glory. John Osteen, that great 
preacher from Houston, Texas, who went on to be with the Lord several years ago, who is Joel Osteen's father, wrote a book several years ago, maybe you've read it, entitled, There's a Miracle. (laughs) There's a miracle in your mouth. Norval Hayes said it like this, You are your mouth. Jesus said, for verily I say unto you. Let's look at it, Mark eleven twenty three. 23. There's miracles in your mouth. There are times will you just speak to things. You won't even have to lay hands on them. There are times where you may stand up in church just to testify or to sing a song. And the anointing is so strong in the place that miracles start happening. Don't limit him. There's a miracle in your mouth. There's creative power in your mouth. When you get so saturated with the Holy Spirit, you start speaking with the voice of Jesus. Mark 11, 23. Notice this with me. For verily I say unto you, So he's speaking to us. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now listen very carefully. The mountain can represent a disease. The mountain can represent a mountain of debt. The mountain can represent anything that would stand in your way from having God's best. One person said it like this. He said, you are either talking to your mountain or your mountain is talking to you. Let me ask you a question. Do mountains talk? Does debt talk? Do fig trees talk? Jesus passed by a fig tree one day and saw that there was no fruit on it for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered it and said, No man eats fruit from this tree hereafter forever. There are some things that we need to answer. I take authority right now over that spirit that would keep you from entering in to what God is saying tonight. I take authority and dominion over a mocking spirit. You're in dangerous territory, friend. If you do not understand what is happening, don't mock it. Don't ridicule it. Because it's extremely dangerous. Say that with a smile on my face. Now that you know that, make the adjustment. See, where light hasn't come, there's no responsibility to walk in it. 
But once light has come and has been delivered, and the enemy has been exposed, you'd better shut it down. And that's not me speaking. That's the Spirit of God speaking through me. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. This is not fakery. This is not worked up emotions. This is a place for His name and His presence to abide. And you can be saved and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit before you leave this place. God can change you and turn you in completely to another person. Set you free. Listen, friends, there's a miracle in your mouth. It starts at the new birth. Where Romans 10, 9, 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, what will happen? Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you want to get unto salvation, you must exercise your faith by believing and saying. And you will come into a place of deliverance, soundness, wholeness, and safety. Safe in His arms. Safe because you are born again. Safe because you're saved. But oh friends, the miracle that is in your mouth extends beyond making Him your Lord. God has designed your mouth and your speaker, if you will, to be hooked up with your believer. This word is not designed really to your intellect, but it is designed... To your heart. And your heart is the soil where the seed of God's word is planted. And once it is planted there in your heart, you mix faith with it and you begin to declare what God has so freely said about you in his word. I'm telling you, there's miracles in your mouth. If you will align your mouth with this word. If you will take this word, which is seed and planted in your heart and hook your speaker up, hallelujah, with your heart and begin to declare it, miracles will happen. Circumstances around you can change. Rebellious children can come into the kingdom of God. Limbs, parts of your body that weren't functioning properly at one time, can begin to function again by the resurrection power of Christ in you. Friend, I'm telling you, there's a miracle. There's a miracle. There is a miracle. There's a miracle in your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's right. Hallelujah. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the just yeah. 
brings forth the wisdom of God. The tongue of the righteous is health, the Bible says. In other words, the tongue, when it speaks the word, it brings healing and medicine to every joint and every marrow of your body. Cells that are filled with cancer can receive a death sentence by the miracles in your mouth. Stop rehearsing and talking about the mountain and start speaking what I said concerning your mountain and miracles will happen for you. Well, I don't talk to things. You do all the time. You just don't know it. This old heap of car, this old piece of junk. Go ahead, Pastor. That's right. Probably get a flat tire before morning. That's right. That's right. We talk to things all the time. That's right. We're just not cognizant of it. That's right. And what God is doing is He's bringing us into a, an awareness of words that are filled with faith. Words that are filled with faith carry creative power. In the beginning, God said, let there be. And there was. And we understand that it was through faith that the very world was framed by the word of God. We get understanding. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The very chair you sit in, the very building that we worship God in, came out of the raw material of this earth, which came from God. So if you want to get your stuff, get filled with the word of God, and begin... To speak what he said, and miracles will happen all around you. That's right. That's right. Amen. Those that say, I don't have enough, will not have enough. But those that say and sing and shout, he's more than enough, will have more than enough. Now, there are certain things that don't happen quickly at the snap of a finger. But if you will be consistent in your words and consistent not to waver and not to cast away your confidence, miracles will happen. Because the Lord's saying there's a miracle. There's a miracle in your hands. You were created for miracles. In the Hebrew and Genesis... It says when he made man in his image and his likeness, he said that he made man a speaking spirit. Yeah. That's, right. That's what the rabbi said, isn't that right? That he made man a speaking spirit. Man was designed to speak. That's right. Hallelujah. I declare some of you need to speak up. Amen. Speak if you want to come up, speak up. There's a lot of folks that are just not receiving just simply by default. That's right. That's right. Amen. Say that. 
All sorts of stuff coming to their mind, all sorts of temptations, all sorts of things all around them. And instead of speaking up, they shut down and become distracted and become overcome by the spirit of this age. But God is reminding you tonight, there's a miracle. Amen. There's a miracle in your mouth. Yes, it is. You know, it's just as easy to say that by the stripes of Jesus you're healed than to say, oh man, I'm so tired, so depressed, so sick, I don't know whether I can make it out of bed. You know, I believe this, that if we carried a tape recorder around with us, and at the end of the day, we discovered what we'd been saying, we'd make some adjustments. Now listen to this. I learned this from some mentors over the years. The the Mr. the tendency, the tendency of the flesh when it's pressed is to speak whatever it feels. Are you you listening? The tendency of the flesh when it is under pressure is not to speak God's word. It's not to press through the pressure, but it is rather to speak how one feels. The tendency... Of a person that is tired. Listen, if you're tired, go to bed. Stop talking about how tired you are all the time. And how absolutely exhausted you are. That's right. That's right. I've been tired. You've been tired. We all been tired. That's right. But that can become a stronghold in a person's life. Where they're tired at nine in the morning. Or ten. When really they should be rejuvenated. And even if there is a condition in a person's body that is making them tired and fatigued, it's not wise to talk about it. Because the tongue of the wise will bring healing. And not only that, let the weak say, Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Come on now. (laughs) Help somebody out. Let the weak say, what? Just a little stronger. Let the weak say, A little bit stronger. Let the weak say, I declare to you that you can build a stronghold of strength in your life by simply declaring it consistently. There's a miracle in your mouth. Well, this person went down and that person went down and this and that and that, but you're not going down. Declare, I'm not going under, I'm going over. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. That's right. That's right. 
So he says, oh, come on now. Everybody, everybody gets tired. Everybody gets the flu. You don't have to sign the package. That's right. Absolutely right. I didn't say you're not going to be tempted. That's right. I didn't say that the enemy will shoot his best, not shoot his best shot at you. Sure he will. That's right. But why sign the package when it comes to your door that's full of snakes? That's right. <laughs> Just slam it shut. There's a miracle. Yes, yes it is. In my mouth. Hallelujah. Say this to me. There is miracles. There are miracles. In my mouth. In my mouth. Hallelujah. Yes. Brenda, you know, was just down at a big major women's conference, 1,800, 2,000 ladies down there at Raymond where we went to school. And uh, she preached uh, about how a virtuous woman smiles at her future. And in the Amplified, it talks about that a virtuous woman faces her future with a fearless confidence and faces her future with faith. And we had a, we have a friend, and I won't go into great detail in it, but he passed away at, a, at an age that was a very tragic age, and the conditions in which he passed away were very, very, uh, shall we say, just not, not good. Amen. He had left his wife uh, years before and went over and lived in Europe and got involved in some bad relationships and passed away of HIV. And uh, preacher, good man. I knew him from the time, you know, I was just newly born again. Fine man. And uh, his wife has been through it and been sad. And you can imagine that that, uh, if you have children and you have experienced and tasted of ministry and the good things of God. To have something like that happen is absolutely tragic. And Brenda, happy little bubbly Brenda, full of joy Brenda, Pastor Brenda, who I believe is anointed. And I know there's miracles in her mouth. I've seen them happen. And I know there's miracles in her hands. Because I've seen them happen. But connect this with what we're saying. There's a miracle in your mouth. And she said something to this lady that just absolutely, she says, something to the degree that, you know, you're a a blessed lady. And she just spoke words and spoke encouragement and spoke by the grace of God into her life. And just, you know, kind of walked away. And she said the next day after Brenda preached, she preached also on restoration. And I'm telling you, walls came down and lives were changed. And she came up to Brenda afterwards and she said, I just have to tell you that when I heard those words that you said I went into the bathroom 
and bawled like a baby. She said, it's so ministered to the core of my being that it just literally changed me. Those kinds of miracles are in your mouth. Those kinds of comforting words and words of encouragement, words that will lift people out of depression and condemnation and feeling insecure, those words shall penetrate. Whoo, glory. Hebrews 4.12 just popped out at me like this. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the divining asunder of soul and spirit, and is a what? And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This word, friends, in your heart and in your mouth will get into the bones of someone. It'll get into the soul of someone. (laughs) It'll bring encouragement. Where there's insecurity, security will come. I'm telling you, there's a miracle in your mouth. You can be a blessing or you can be a curse. Choose to be a blessing. Say it again real strong. There's a miracle in my mouth. And we could talk about this forever and ever you could talk about Mark 11:23 and dissect it and we could we could go into it in greater detail but I just want you to know that God is watching over your words that come from your heart that come from his word to perform it That's right That's right Hallelujah There's a miracle in my hands. There's a miracle in your mouth. (laughs) And lastly, there is a miracle in your seed. (laughs) There is a miracle in your seed. Glory! And so is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. Casting seed into the ground is casting something precious into the ground for a harvest. The Lord would say to us what Brother Savell said years ago, Do not become need-minded, but become seed-minded. For there is a miracle in your seed. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth... That shall he also reap. One translation says this. A man's harvest in life depends solely upon what he or she sows. What kind of seeds are you sowing? There's a miracle. There's a miracle. PT, you got anything more on that? 
<laughs> I'm going to ask you to receive the offering. So you pop up, man. <laughs> There's a miracle. There's a miracle in your seed. Do not devalue the seed that God has given you to sow by saying, oh, it's not enough. Oh, I would remind you that little can become much when you put it in the master's hand. And when you sow it into the right ground, there is the environment for that seed to spring up and to grow. Go ahead, Pastor Tom, receive the offering. Every head bowed and every eye closed. (coughs) If you're here tonight and you want to receive Jesus.